Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. No Fun, the Jen Kirkman Podcast, Season 11, Episode 14. I am your host, Jen Kirkman. Yes, as you know, we are in the 11th season. April is the anniversary month. And again, you heard the little spiel in the little ad at the beginning of this. So just click the show notes or consult your show notes on whatever player you're listening on. And that will take you to sign up for the Patreon. And again, you don't have to sign up for a full year at the top price. You can do it month by month at lower prices and still get many episodes of the show. But again, the yearly sign up at the top price does get you the tote bag. Okay. So I wanted to talk on this free portion of the show that goes out to everybody everywhere. I wanted to answer a question that somebody asked me, which should have a simple answer. It's just an opinion. There's no right answer, I guess, but it should have a simple answer of, I think it's okay, or no, I don't think it's okay. But I want to use this opportunity to take a simple question and give a complex answer because it's about something near and dear to my heart as a former touring comedian, heckling, and also terrible comedians who are, uh, I don't know, poisoning the public with their shit, right? They're, they're dragging us back to a darker time. I know a lot of people are getting it all twisted and thinking that things are getting harder the more inclusive we are, but they're not. Nobody who is inclusive, and if you're white, nobody who's another color than you or another sexual orientation or another gender identity than you is this big ball of seriousness and no fun. The reason you may hear people in these other groups talk about said things is because your people, my people, the white people, your people, if you're a man, the straight cis men, the patriarchy, which 
I will say it again, the patriarchy harms men as well. It's what gets you all of that bullshit that you are not a man if you don't do this, 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 and this. So anyway, we're trying to destroy all of those old things that kept people literally wearing corsets and men wearing ties and families having to stay together despite people not wanting to be together. And, you know, we're, we're trying to actually get to the fun. If you would, if you would allow everyone to stop having to fight for the right to exist every minute, look how much fun we could have. So I just want you to know going into this where I overanalyze a shitty stand-up's words, I'm saying it because I'm actually looking for some fun around here. I've been waiting for the fun since I was a teenager. And I found my pockets of fun when I hung out with open-minded people of all different types of things. No judgment. The only judgment is coming from the people that for some reason want to drag us back to the Stone Ages. And I know why. They think their rights are being taken away. They're not. Trust me. Relax and join the fun of progressing into the future where we really just, ugh, it's not even that we won't, won't have time for issues like gender identities and race and all this. It's just that we won't have to address it because nobody will be coming down on everybody and it will be Oh, just, I don't know if this is going to happen in my lifetime, but how fun will it be? But anyway, so anytime you hear me complaining, it's not actually me that's no fun, even though the podcast is called No Fun. It's the things that are keeping us all from having fun. Anytime that you're all riled up because you think someone's, you know, trying to take something from you, just think, how did I get all riled up? Maybe I'm being manipulated by people trying to make money off my fear. Okay. And you can say, Jen, well, you're riled up for the other side. Well, I don't think I'm riled up as I am exhausted because I can see clearly that everyone making a big deal out of everything is making a big deal out of things that do not make the world a worse place and do not affect you in any way, any way at all. All right, so let's go on. <clears throat> Pardon me. Hey, Jen, I know the etiquette when going to a comedy show is that it's not okay to heckle. People have paid their entry and are wanting a good night out, and it's rude for others in the audience to disrupt that. But what if the comedian is an arsehole? Like tonight at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Oh, God, do I miss Australia? I haven't been in Seven years, and that's just absurd to me. It's just, uh, well, the pandy, really. I was going to go in 2020, but then that whole thing happened, and then it just doesn't go with my schedule anymore, and I don't perform, so. But I'd like to just get there on my own, but that's not what we're talking about, so let me continue. So this is a, a listener sent me this email. Like tonight at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, we went to um, this show. First two acts were brilliant. The last act, a white British man over 60, started by saying he never understood women until he had a daughter. 
went downhill from there. My huckle was simply yelling, really? My husband yelled, so do we, when he referenced an ex-partner who'd left him and screamed, I hate you. The young people in their 30s behind us were very annoyed by our disruptive behavior. I feel bad that we didn't properly express to them that he was out of line, not just that he wasn't funny. He was enabling hate speech. They, the audience members behind us, said we should have left instead of impacting their night. But that comedian was so awful. It was not okay that everyone was laughing. He was part of a mixed night of comedians. We didn't seek him out. What is the appropriate etiquette in this situation where you feel someone on stage is really out of line? The show was at the Capitol Theater, opposite of the Melbourne Town Hall. We were seated mid-level towards the back. In hindsight, I wonder if he could even hear the two times that we yelled out. But even if he couldn't, and even as an audience member, you know the comedian won't hear you, but is it ever okay to disrupt the group think by calling out bad jokes? If people are laughing at hacky, casual misogynism and racism, then he gets no power as he doesn't hear the words, but others in the audience might question what they're laughing at. I feel like the woman in front of me turned around and smiled and nodded at my snarky, really? To his dumb, I never understood women line. This is from Kate. Kate, you have asked and also answered in your question some interesting things. So first I will address that it's really hard on a mixed comedy show to protest your dislike by getting up and walking out because nobody will probably notice if it's just two of you that you got up and walked out during this person, especially if it's in a big room. Um, and then now there's two less people maybe sitting there that would have appreciated the next comedian who might be exactly up your alley, someone that doesn't promote hate speech, that's really funny and deserves, you know, a chance and a chance for you to become a big fan of theirs. And so it's, it's difficult. But I will say, let's just take it back and, and let me address it in general, because comedy shows, they're not a monolith. They're not all set up the same. And so if I say, well, the right thing to do is just get up and leave, that is true sometimes. Other times it doesn't make a difference. And there's that. So I would say if the guy really bummed you out and you just hated everything he had to say, I suppose you could have just gotten up and left and stood in the lobby until he was done and then went back to your seats. That way you could have just avoided the high blood pressure of being annoyed at him. I think that's always an option is to just, instead of thinking globally, how do I heckle in a way that makes people around me think? Instead of doing that, just concentrate on yourself and thinking, I don't want to get all riled up about this. I know these people exist. I'm just so tired of hearing it. I don't want to be in the room. I'm just going to get up and go in the lobby, right? And then, I don't know, maybe someone in the lobby works there and they say, what's the problem? Or what's the problem? Not that they would say that, but, and you could say, I really think this comedian is, I like the way you said promoting hate speech instead of offensive because we can all be offended by anything. And if we're, you know, people could be offended that I say I'm divorced. I've had that happen on stage. 
And so are they right because they're offended? And then what, I can never talk about divorce again? I mean, it is unfortunately um, a word I don't like to use. I don't want to say it's a slippery slope because I, I think we're all adults enough to know that I would love to ban hate speech, which is misogyny and transphobia and all of that. I would love to ban it and just assume that. And then everything else is fine. We can talk about divorce. We can talk about hating puppies, whatever. I think we're all adult enough to understand what what's good to ban and what's a little stupid. But I don't know. I don't know if we're there as a society. So I hate to use the slippery slope argument, but... Um, because I feel like it gets an argument that the people I don't side with would say. But I do think, yeah, if you think someone's promoting hate speech or it's just tired or not representative of the festival, you know, you could tell. I think the most important thing you could do, because the festival really does care about that stuff. The woman who runs the festival is very not aligned with that kind of thing. So I think you could just express it somehow in an email, in a postcard, in a note, um, you know, go to the ticket booth, ask them if they have a piece of pen and paper, ask if you can write this to someone or take down names and numbers. I think that's probably the best thing that each individual citizen can do um, in terms of what you're thinking you should take on in that moment. I think, unfortunately, the heckling is is not ever going to be a way to influence the people around you, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I also don't think that's your job. I think, actually you have more of a chance of affecting change by letting the powers that be know how you felt as a paying audience member going to this thing. And then because things are a business, the more people that say, hey, we're giving money to your business, but we don't like when you give us this, we're not buying that. The more people that do that, the more feedback the business owner has and the more the business owner can then adjust their business accordingly if they don't want to have that guy back or, you know, whatever. However, I will say the guy has every right to say everything he's saying. And there are people that think it's funny, that either think it's funny because they agree with him and they think what he's saying comes from a very true place or they're into irony and they love him ironically and they paid their money and they have every right to enjoy it. even though you might believe they're wrong to enjoy it. And for me, as a former comedian, I certainly don't love hearing that people enjoy that kind of comedy because that's not the kind of comedy that I did. And so, of course, I selfishly think of, well, is this what people want out there? I I, ugh, I mean, that's not what I'm selling. So, ugh, God, what a tough grind it is to be up there performing and going against what everyone wants. If what everyone wants is all this misogyny jokes. And and it is disappointing to hear that younger people are, you know, laughing at that. At the very least, it's just hacky. It's just like, come on, people. This, this shouldn't be rewarded. This is uncreative and hacky. It's been the kind of comedy that was ruling 40 years ago. Shouldn't we have moved on? But uh, I guess not. So. Um, so there's that. Now, let's say you weren't at a show that was a mixed show, just a hodgepodge of comedians. Oh, best of this, best of that. And you went to 
I don't know, buy tickets to a comedy show. And there was one main headliner doing an hour of comedy. If it is upsetting and you find it kind of hate speech provoking, I would just stand up and leave. And the same thing applies. Now, usually you haven't paid the check yet, so you can't really walk out on your check, but you're not running out of the theater into the night. You are going into the lobby saying, we'd like to pay our check. We hate this comedian. We're really unhappy. But the same thing, you know, register it with the people that run it. And again, like you're saying, you probably wouldn't go to a show to watch one hour of a headliner comedian and then be shocked that this person was misogynist or racist because you'd probably have been familiar with the work. But I don't know, comedians change. Maybe suddenly someone you really love does come out. You know, you haven't seen them in a year and they they come back out on the road and you go see them and they're suddenly this kind of right-wing freak. And you're like, what happened, you know? Or sometimes someone does take you to a comedy show. You don't know what you're going to see. You watch the headliner for an hour and it's just not for you. So I just say get up and leave is the best thing to do. And then go handle the the drinks that you haven't paid for yet or whatever's left to pay for with the manager that night. And be kind because, see, the thing is when you're representing the side that thinks certain things are hate speech and understands that, yeah, I know we're all just joking and I have a sense of humor, but when you're saying things that get an audience riled up to where you suddenly hear hoots and hollers and claps that they don't sound like a bunch of people having fun. They sound like a bunch of people having like a confirmation bias confirmed and are getting riled up. And who knows, you know, they might go out, take it to the streets. I mean, is someone going to literally beat up a gay guy outside because of some jokes they heard? No, but it normalizes the hatred. And we say we're just joking And then, you know, we think, oh, you know, if you're in the audience, you think, I can handle these jokes about gay people because you're not gay. Well, I can handle these jokes about Asian people because you're not Asian. But, you know, you think, oh, everyone's so uptight. Well, you know, it may seem that way to you, but you're not on the receiving end of hate all the time. And again, most people I know on the receiving end of hate aren't even uptight. They're just exhausted. The uptight people seem to be the ones that insist Everything must be joked about at all times, in all ways, in all ways. Like, okay, if if we're allowed to joke about everything, can we then kind of like form a a committee in our minds, just sort of like a group think that like, okay, if we can joke about anything, rape and race and great, I'm on board. Can we like do so with a little bit of sophistication? Can we make sure the, the jokes aren't, making the victims of these things the butt of the jokes, because we can still make funny jokes about all the taboo stuff. But lazy and not that smart people and not that funny people, they don't think too hard about these things and they make the victims of these things the butt of the jokes. And that is the problem. That's what makes people go out into the night and know they may not literally beat someone up on the street, but it influences their mind. They start to think of themselves as the fun people, the loose people. Oh, these people over here, they're always complaining about race and gender and this. They are so uptight, blah, blah, blah. Now you're in the voting booth and you're thinking, well, I don't want these 
people over here because they're so uptight. It just influences you. Or you hear that, you know, some trans kid killed themselves and you're like, the the lack of empathy is there, right? Because you've just been laughing at, you know, well, maybe if they didn't do that, they wouldn't have, you know, I don't know. Or you think, well, there's a real mental health issue in this country. Sure, but what else might be going on? When we normalize that kind of hatred and say, we're just having fun here. Like, but why is that fun to you? Right? So anyway, so I do understand why jokes are very powerful and comedians can't have it both ways, right? Um, A lot of your comedians that are out there these days, Whitney Cummings does this, Joe Rogan does this, Dave Chappelle does this. They pretend they're a victim of something that literally is not happening to them. I'm about to get canceled. You're literally not. And you're all multimillionaires. So like, let's just say you could never go on stage again. You will be fine. But it's, oh, they're coming to cancel me and I can't say anything. A lot of times comedians who are having like low ticket sales will say that. It's like an excuse for why they're not performing. Um, Whereas I'll just tell you like, oh yeah, my ticket sales aren't big enough to like sell out theaters. So I don't really feel like performing. And that's not why I'm not performing. Um, It's because I went back to writing for TV. But like if I did go back to performing yet, I'm sure my numbers would be low. So I'd be like, oh, this isn't that fun. I'll just tell you because I'm not, I'm actually for free speech and not afraid of shit. But they're going to create this cancel culture thing that's happening to them. And it's it's a it's a ruse to like be in a club, be part of a club that seems really popular right now and to get you all like riled up and like, yeah, I, I want to see these people because they're being canceled. But but then really take a, a big look at like what is actually happening to them? People are complaining about them. And then look at the complaints. Most of the complaints are your jokes are hacky about race and trans and this. We're not saying you can't talk about these things. We're saying you're you're not only making hacky jokes, you're making dangerous jokes. You're making people like feel like it's okay to hate. I'm sorry, but you're doing it. And and again, nobody's canceling them for it. They're just tweeting. They're just tweeting. Anyway, so I don't remember where that thought started, but so there's all of that. That's kind of the mess we live in when if you're wondering why certain people complain about certain comedians, but just get up and leave and whatever. Now, the comedian might say something about you getting up and leaving. I really mean get up and leave, remove yourself from the situation. You don't have to get up and leave and make a thing about it. I wouldn't do that because again, we're not here to give any comedian their origin story for when they become the joker. Do you know what I mean? I mean, truly, These people that make those kind of jokes feel aggrieved anyway. They feel aggrieved because people who are not like them live on the earth and also have a megaphone, you know, and a platform and and everything feels so equal to them, even though it's not. And equality to them feels like injustice to them, right? So they're already aggrieved. You don't want to feed them, okay? It's like the movie Gremlins. Don't feed them after midnight or what is it? Don't get them wet after midnight. And then they turn into gremlins. What were they before they were gremlins though? Like the things they were before they were gremlins to me was scary enough already because it was a species of thing that didn't exist before. So I would never have been like the kids in the movie, like, oh, fun. I have this thing that doesn't exist on planet earth. Not scared of it at all. Get that fucking thing out of my bedroom. Um, I want a cat or a dog. Like that's, I don't want this. Anyway, but you don't want to feed the comedian. So just get up and leave the way you 
would uh, get up to go to the bathroom. Like neutral energy to the point where the comic might think you're going to the bathroom. And they might make jokes, where are you going? The best thing you can do is ignore them. Because if you, because the audience is going to most likely be on the comedian side. So if you say, well, you're offending me. Okay, now you've just made our side look totally lame. Oh, they're offended by everything. Take a joke. You cannot do that. You are just making our side look bad and you're making, you're giving the comedian, they've, they've heard this a million times. They have their set jokes they'll come back at you with. And even if they don't, like, honestly, things could get violent. People do get violent at comedy shows because they're drunk, you know? And so I would just, just imagine the comedian going, where are you going? Oh, are you this? Oh, are you offended? But you're not answering. Oh, you're going to go to the bathroom and fuck whatever they're doing. If you don't answer, the comedian will probably just end up resorting to something funny to say instead of something riling up to say. Does that make sense? Like I'm picturing if it happened to me, two people got up and walked out. Let's say I thought, oh, are you offended by something? Or where are you guys going? You have to pee or do you have a family emergency? Then you might start to realize in your head, oh, they could have a family emergency <laughs> or maybe they're um, like sick or something. Like there's a million good reasons why people just get up and leave. And now you're going to look like a dick as the comic if you keep going into it and the people aren't answering you or like, are you deaf? Do you not speak English? Like everything you're going to say is just not going to be that funny. So you might go, um, you might just let the people leave and you might say like, why are you leaving? And they don't answer. And you're like, okay. And that's it. You might just make a joke later. Like, I'm not crazy, right? There were two people sitting here who got up and left and now they're not here. Like, are they ghosts? You know, the audience might laugh, but like, you're not giving the audience fodder to further hate liberals or whatever, you know what I mean? So just get up and leave. Now, the heckling is always wrong. Always wrong. And here's why. Just keep yourself safe. Anything that, anything that leads to disruption of the show starts to escalate tensions. And I have been in many comedy shows, and this has been happening since the beginning of comedy. This is not new. There has always been a threat of violence because, again, people are drunk. And this is not men only. This is women as well. We've got bachelorette parties. There are emotions running high at those things. And I've seen women jump the stage because they're trying to be funny and they're very drunk and they want attention and it's their bachelorette party. But you're drunk, falling on stage, like you're going to get grabbed by the comic or the security. Like, don't do that. Uh, if you're a man, I've seen homophobic men in the audience. Literally, you're going to think I'm making this up because it sounds so cliche. But in Dallas, Texas, a guy legit in a cowboy hat, looked like a cigarette ad, is sitting there, just arms crossed, not laughing. There's this like very like gay presenting flamboyant, like gay guys in the front. And I just, there was oddly like tension between these like two groups. And I had to, you know, like diffuse and all, but there could be violence. There's different people coming together and laughter doesn't always heal everything. Although it does once we, I have made it, kind of a healing environment sometimes, but I don't know what's going to happen when everyone leaves. And again, 
people are drunk. And comedy clubs make their money off the drinks, not the ticket sales. A lot of times comedy clubs give away free tickets. So most of the time when you're at a comedy club, unless you're seeing like the most famous comedian, they have filled those rooms with free tickets. Every time you've won a ticket on the radio or they mail you something and say, it's your birthday, free tickets, they're doing that to a hundred other people that night. So you've paid nothing and now they need to make at least 50 bucks, at least 50 bucks off each person to make a profit. And that's at least. So they're encouraging you to have way more than two drinks. And if you haven't eaten or there's no food at the club, you're going to get very drunk. And they're not counting how many you've had. They don't care. You can order three drinks at a fucking time. They don't care. So that's the goal. Get you drunk, get you drunk. I have seen shows where someone vomited and put their head back down on the table. They are asleep, probably blacked out. And I have told the owner, they have to go. Like they just vomited during a show. And the owner, and the, not the owner, but like the, the manager on duty that night, letting the person stay there. I'm like, this person's sick. Get them out, you know? They probably have alcohol poisoning. So they're not the best judges of anything, and there's not really a lot of security at comedy shows, so don't heckle. Like, just don't be part of it, because you'll get yourself beat up. You'll get some other innocent person beat up. If you think, but wait a minute, I want the people around me to realize this is wrong. They're probably not going to, but if they are, it's not going to be from a heckle. They're going to think you're an old so-and-so, fuddy-duddy, boring, liberal, easily offended. Just don't do it. And again, you're giving the comedian their origin story and they're going to become the joker. So just don't do it. I hate that there isn't like a good time to heckle and let's take this all down. But we've, we've got free speech and people did pay tickets. And even if what they're hearing is terrible, they fucking paid for it or they didn't pay for it. They came in for free, but they're buying drinks. And they're enjoying it, which, you know, it's up to them. So that's that's my spiel. And that's my answer. And, you know, there's it, it's like we can't control everything around us. We can only just keep flooding the voting booth with our values. We can keep floating the market, flooding the marketplace with our values. So so in terms of, you know, this email that you wrote to me, it sounds like you support my podcast and listen to it. So it's sort of like take your energy. And instead of telling people like, what's wrong with this guy or that, like use it to promote comedians. Tell everyone what's right with this person you like, right? So go on your social media and promote my podcast or promote some of the comedians you saw that night that you love and and tell people you bought their album and link to their work and just make yourself like for every moment that some right-wing misogynist comic is pissing you off and you can't believe people are laughing – You know, it's like putting a coin in the swear jar. Put your fingers to the keyboard and start promoting something you love and just keep coming at it that way instead of talking about this person and I hate them. I mean, do that if you want, Uh, obviously for the purpose of this letter you you asked. But in general, I would say that's what people should do because we, we get into these things a lot. I see it on Twitter all the time where people will say, Oh my God, I'm, I can't believe this guy. He's a rapist and he's still touring and I'm not going to support this venue anymore. And it's like, I'm going through that person's social media and although I agree with them, they're never posting about comedians they do like. They're never promoting the work of a non-rapist comedian or a woman or someone, whatever. They just never are. So I would say 
put your air in the other balloons. Okay. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, put your money in the Patreon and I'll see you on the other side.